0: Hello, listeners. This is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening smartly to At At the the Bridge Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea Chelsea FC FC podcast, podcast. although I would describe it as the Chelsea FC podcast. (laughs) What's up, everyone? You're listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. This episode, it's been another tiring, tiring week for the Blues as we draw 1-1 against Brighton. Our injuries and tiredness and fatigue slowly catching up with the Blues. We're going to be breaking it down just after this. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. It's another week of January in the books. We're getting there. We are getting there. Uh, How was your third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh week of January,
1: guys? Uh my ninth week of January was actually very good, thank you. Uh quite tired now, but, but yeah, it's um this month just goes on forever, doesn't it? Chris, how are you doing, my friend?
2: I'm okay. I'm quite tired. Uh first week back at work after like four weeks or what seems like about fifteen weeks off. So it's been quite tiring, but I am actually all right. I'm actually in a I'm actually in a relatively good mood this week. Well, well straight well, well, you know straight surprising. away what's gonna happen.
0: One, he's gonna get a phone call from Chelsea because that means he's clearly fit to play. And he's not tired. No fatigue here. We're ready, ready to go, you know. Um, fantastic. You know what? Will your mood be lift, lifted even more when you find out the new quiz question? Because you've all forgot about that. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, I've yeah. been hot fresh. Right. Former <laughs> Blue is being placed on the subs bench for now. But it will get a run out again. Uh, this week, though, I bring to you the new segment of What Are They Talking About? Yeah. It needs work, but still. But basically, listeners, I'm going to read out a piece of commentary from an iconic... Or memorable moment in Chelsea history, and Berth and Chris have to figure out what moment is being talked about. So this week it is this. Oh, it's a wow! Well, gotta start that again. There was no enthusiasm from me there. <laughs> right, gotta start again. Oh, it's a terrific goal, wonderful, wonderful goal, absolutely breathtaking, and in the blink of an eye, back of the net. Petacek, Petacek, never moved. I
1: know it. Sorry, well, <laughs> I
0: think I know it too. We'll, we'll leave be, it till the end of the episode because listeners it, yeah. can shout and go easy. Well, I'm not, I'm not too mean this week, you know. I thought, get it started. <laughs> so yeah, we'll find out at the end. Uh, with that though, we're going to head straight to that newsroom. See what the latest is at Stamford Bridge. Right, January. Well, weekly roundup. You know where we're going. Elevator of Chelsea news. Chelsea considered Nicolas Tagliafico as an option in December but have had no new talks in January. Frank Lampard is being considered for the vacant Everton job and he will get an interview. Chelsea and Barcelona have been informed by Ajax that any deal for Tagliafico in the winter window will cost them around €7 million. Chelsea are one of three clubs that have offered Usman Dembele's agent a big signing bonus and tempting demands. Chelsea are ready to offer around £12.5 million to Barcelona to sign Dembele this January. Andreas Christensen is pushing for a summer move to Barcelona despite three Premier League clubs trying to sign him. And Chelsea are in talks with Derby County for left back Dylan Williams. And it has also been confirmed that Derby have already agreed a fee with the Premier League club. Guys, there's a lot of news there. I'm trying to open it up because it's not. Um, but anything caught your eye on that or something else this week? Um, I
1: think the Dembele transfer could be a good one for us. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying, oh no, just some game is in game. Um, I think it would be yes, it's a high risk buy. I think you said, Mikey, in the chat earlier on this week. High risk, high reward. I yeah, it think it is exactly yeah. that. But I think it's one that could work out very, very well. He's still very young. Um, we're obviously lacking creativity, lacking in wingers that create and get goals. Um, I'm not saying Usman Dembele is a finished article. Absolutely not. But he played really well under Tuckle. Could argue he played his best football under Tuckle. Um, and if Tuckle wants him. Get him. Just try and get him. One uh, season he spent at
0: Dortmund as well under Tuckle.
1: I mean, £12.5 as well. I mean, come it's on.
0: Quite, yeah, I mean, it's quite... I do love it on social. I do, because it's back the manager, back Tuckle, Apart from when we don't want to because we don't like this particular idea, but back the manager. <laughs> you can't exactly. have it both ways, exactly. everyone. Exactly. Look, <laughs>
1: if look, he wants we, him, you've well, got to back the decision. We, we spoke last week about how um, Klopp and Guardiola, they buy these players, everyone like. Thinks, oh, they're not good enough. You know, Salah. You know, De Bruyne. We talked about. Um, if Tucker wants Dembélé, I don't care about his past or whatever. It could work out and be brilliant. It really you could. have to. You have to take these risks sometimes. You can't just keep buying the best players that are available. Us well, so and Manu keep doing that, and look how it's working out for us both. Yes, I know yeah. we're third, but Manu, do you really think Ronaldo was necessary and works in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's system? He doesn't. It's he, complete opposite. Lukaku clearly isn't working for us, so you know, these managers want certain players. If Dembele is that certain player, get him back. Yeah, him. Back uh, One back thing think
0: people say, and I'm going to put this out there and I will defend this, they go, oh, but he's it injury history. He never was injured at Dortmund and he was never injured at Rennes. He's only been at Barcelona. Now he could go, oh, it's, no, he's it's only been at Barcelona, which makes you think that He's not injury-prone. It's the same with Hazard. I don't think Hazard's injury-prone. I think he's just in a situation where it's just not working, and whenever he comes back, he's never fully fit. And that's always a risk. I think... I mean, you've got to also laugh at the situation that Barcelona are in, because let's think about it. Dembele, Coutinho, and Griezmann. That's around. I think that I saw over €400 million Euros were invested in them 3 They were brought in to sort of fill the Neymar void. All three are likely going to... Well, we know Dembele will leave at some point, but January or in the summer for free... All three of them aren't in the first team. That says a lot about their policy. So, yeah.
2: Uh,
0: Chris, what do you think
2: about Dembélé? Well, firstly, I, I also have found it hilarious this week how everyone was talking about backing the manager until it was a player that they don't want, and then all of a sudden it's <laughs> we, can't, we can't we can't get him. But Tucker wants him. No, you can't get can't get Dembélé. He's injury prone. Yeah. You can't, yeah. You can't stay back the manager and then say no, we don't want to sign him. Though I agree with what you said, Berth. If the comparison to Man United is is a good one. We do keep doing the same thing. I think Man United go for um, the sort of the big star of the moment, the one who's going to sell the shirts, star very commercial-based. And I don't think we're quite that. But we go for the promising stars who apparently everyone wants, and then we get them, and they, they very rarely live up to that hype. And I do think it's time to go with less obvious transfers. If you look at how Jota's worked out at Liverpool, for example, no one thought that move was a good move, especially at the price. Everyone ridiculed Liverpool for that move and he's turned out to be excellent for them. So, I'm all for, I'm all for getting Dembele under two conditions. I'd only want to get him if the club are going to definitely keep Tuckle for another 12 months, at least, another, the rest of this season and another full season. So, then Dembele is a tuckle boy. He's not a club boy. He's for the manager. And it would mean that someone's got to go. You can't bring Dembele in and not let someone go. I I think another one of those forward players has to leave either permanently or on loan because we're struggling to keep everyone happy now. And I think that's been one of our downfalls, that we're struggling to keep the squad happy. It's fine when you're winning, but when you start losing games or dropping points that's when you get that discontent in a group and I just think bringing in another forward now without letting someone go would only make that worse
0: yeah I think that it's that the question is who would you uh, push out the
2: door uh, I think there's a couple of them to be honest I think you could let any of them go and I don't think any of us would be that sad to be honest yeah, um, I agree there I agree well I've been saying for a while that I think Pulisic needs a loan somewhere so I'll go with him if I had to
0: yeah, I think I think that's quite. I mean, people have questioned already Dylan Williams, this potential. I mean, okay, yeah, he's in the championship. I know Andrew Roberts, Andy Robertson was in the Premier League at some point with, obviously Hall, but no one. Did, and actually, here's an example. Um, Joe Gomez, he weren't Premier League when Liverpool brought him in, and he's pretty good. I mean, yeah, he's had his injury and all that rubbish. We can go into, but it, it doesn't always. It doesn't mean the big names are always the best. It it doesn't.
2: You Again. Know, andy robertson was another one no one thought that was a great deal when they signed him from Hull for eight million pounds everyone was like what you signing a left back who's just got relegated for mm. okay, well that's turned out and i think liverpool liverpool more so but man city as well to a degree they are getting their recruitment so much better than us at the moment where i think we're making more mistakes in the market than successes
0: mm. yeah um there is one final thing i'm going to put out there because it's been bugging me and it's still bugging me now i saw that yesterday thomas party or work event thomas work event because that seems to be a hilarious and i was out i know what it means but i was so out the loop i was like this is the thing that's trending okay that's yeah that's hilarious guess yeah um he apologized for his red card in the semi final defeat against obviously against Liverpool yesterday I, I do i must admit it's i am old man yelling at clouds but it's the one thing about modern football I'm starting to really hate. We saw Fernandes. Oh, totally Fernandes totally apologised for missing a penalty. Someone else was apologising because they weren't 100%. And I'm thinking, I did tweet it. Did Baggio say sorry for his miss again in USA 94? Zidane for giving Matarazzi a nice chest bump? I, 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 why do they need to
1: apologise? Footballers. The, footballers oh. have become robots. They have become nothing more than robots. They, When they tweet now, It's not genuine. It's just a PR team. When they yeah. do interviews, it's very rare that they show any emotion or they're just very robotic. Um, their Instagram posts, they're just there. It's quite clearly posed, manufactured. Then these footballers aren't, it almost seems as if they're not human beings anymore. They're just manufactured to be robots who are being exploited almost um, for money and stuff like this. theres You look at someone like St. Maximan, who is quite clearly in charge of his, twer- everyone loves him. That is gone now that, like, there's no sort of the connection between footballers and people and the fans is seemingly gone even though twitter's about facebook instagram that connection between the players and fans has gone because their agents their football clubs their pr staff whatever have just manufactured them into being robots and nothing more
0: yeah i mean some of them you get great grain today lads great three points much needed heart emoji heart emoji hug emoji arm bicep and i that they don't mean that. Well, haven't there been like, cases where tweets have gone out, it's like please tweet this, and then they've put the tweet link to leave as well.
2: <laughs> oh. It is PR teams though, isn't it? That like, Most of them now yeah. have their, their things run by PR teams, which like uh, that um, Victor Osherman from Napoli, yes. he's been out. Now he runs his own Twitter, because he's been having so many rows on Twitter and answering people back. It's been hilarious. If you don't follow him, you should, because it's really funny. <laughs> he runs his own Twitter and it's hilarious, but like Marcus Rashford is prime example. His his whole career now is built around his PR team. Like he's been in really bad form for Man United, and he would be getting like slagged off in the papers and stuff, and by pundits. But he had a really bad game the other night, and then Alan Shearer rang him up to make sure he was okay. They weren't, they weren't doing that for Timo Werner last season.
0: i mm. I tell you what, I've just thought of a brand new segment in the future. Who tweeted this? And it'll be a Chelsea yeah. player. Because some of them I've just quickly read through and I'm keeping it for later. But some of them are, you can tell what I've genuinely been typed out by them and others that are clearly PR teams. Because it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's very PR. Oh, that's the
1: one, that PR. Sums it up, the one that sums it up is a couple of years ago when Victor Onichi uh, put, um, he clearly copy and pasted something and it said, just put, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll bounce <laughs> back, we go again next game. And that sums up modern football, that tweet
0: oh they're so they're brilliant they are brilliant wayne rooney was guilty of doing some of them wasn't he? Uh, he loads of people are absolutely loads of people are fantastic i mean we know john terry's legit he does tweet his own stuff well instagram whatever i think he does on twitter yeah he does on Twitter. now, too. of course we follow him but i don't always keep up to date with no
1: he's, he's a really person. good follow on twitter if no one follows
0: john terry give him a follow because he's brilliant. What, just in twitter. general real life just yeah follow just follow him, around. <laughs> just follow him. Restraining order within a week. You get a signature, but you also get a criminal record. So you probably don't want to do that. Uh, right. So we had some midweek action. We took a trip to the Amex and it, it, it ended 1 1. Um, another 1 1 draw with them, with Brighton. Uh, four crucial points dropped against them this season. Arguably one of our worst performances as a squad, maybe this season. Uh, what, what on earth has gone wrong since December, guys?
1: Um, I'm not going to lie. I actually think Brighton, and I said this to someone, I think if Brighton had a clinical striker up front, like i say, a striker that got them 15-20 goals a season, I think they'd be in West Ham's position because so I think they're brilliant football inside and I think Graham Potter deserves a lot of credit and he's made a lot of those players better. So, first of all, credit to Brighton. They absolutely deserve that credit. Um, but we are terrible. That is the simple fact. We are terrible at the moment. Um, we're lacking confidence, lacking urgency, lacking any energy. Um, Lacking a lot of things, far too slow. The one player that really frustrated me against Brighton was Hudson-Odoi, because there's so many times where he could have quite easily beat his man or run down the byline, but instead he just passed it back. Now, people can moan about Lukaku all they want, but when you're a striker and you're not getting any service and you're seeing players go back when they could easily get the ball into the box, it's frustrating. And people will say, oh, yeah, we're missing Rhys James and Ben Chilwell. That is a massive miss because they are by far our two best creative players. That's why Tuckle plays that wing-back uh, wing system because they are our best form of attack. I've said that before on other podcasts, but it, so, so sloppy in possession, so, so sloppy in pressing, uh, in finishing, and creating, just all around the board, awful, if I'm being brutally honest.
2: Yeah, well, I think you've summed it up perfectly. I think It was it one of our worst performances of the season. I think it's difficult to say. Now we have these performances every week. I can't remember the last time we played well. It was
1: uh, Juventus has got to be Juventus Leicester.
2: That's what I mean. It's it was October, wasn't it? That that's not good enough. And I know what people. A lot of people who are avidly defending Thomas Tuchel uh, keep bringing up about the James and Chilwell thing, and to a degree that is a valid point. However. We was winning games at the start of the season when Alonso was starting over Chilwell and no one was saying anything then. In fact, before this bad run of form, everyone was saying how good our squad was and how good the squad depth was and our squad's good enough. We can put out two players in every position. Now all of a sudden, we've got two injuries, gone on a bad run of form, and it's, oh, the squad's not good enough. I don't think, at the minute, Thomas Tuchel is getting it right. I think he did against Spurs in the first leg of the cup semi-final when mm. he changed the system to that four-two-two-two or four-four-two, whatever it was. That worked better for the players that he's got available. But now he's almost fallen into the Frank Lampard trap of he's continuing to do something that isn't working. Lampard kept persisting with that four-three-three when we was leaking goal after goal after goal and it wasn't working but he wouldn't change it. And now it seems Thomas Tuchel's doing the same with the 3-4-3. Three, three. He, uh, he wants to keep playing it, but it doesn't work without James and Chilwell. And if they're not available, then he has to adapt as a coach. He has to adapt his system to suit the players that we have better. At the minute, I don't see any difference between the Frank Lampard Chelsea and this Thomas Tuchel Chelsea, except, for Thiago, except for Thiago Silva.
1: You know what, Chris? I'll, I'll, I'll do you one better. At the moment, right? I can't see a difference between Tuchel, Lampard, Sarri, Kante uh, in his last season. That's the yep. worrying trend. Even with different players, be different managers,
2: it's a trend that keeps happening
1: yeah. every year.
2: If you watch the Brighton game, I think if you take Thiago out, we can see it at least three. Probably. he is He is excellent. He has been... One of our best signings ever. Yeah,
0: yeah. To be fair, I mean, it was boring, sleepy and a flat performance and everyone looked exhausted, lacking sharpness. And um, But I did write down here, apart from Thiago Silva, he he looked unreal. And that was a huge, huge I mean, huge accolade, especially with his age. You know, I, I, imagine if we... I keep saying this. Imagine if we'd have signed him from Milan before PSG got him. Oh, I would dare to think how many trophies we would have in our cabinet. Uh, mm. You know, look, Chelsea have played the most games so far in this country and it's, it's really showing you know we don't play again in the Premier League by the way till the 19th of February after Spurs on Sunday because we have an FA Cup game and then we're off to the Club World Cup and before the FA Cup we have the winter break which is how it works over here one week off so yeah but using this game as an example with Brighton Brighton have played 25 games this season and we've played 36 that's a huge difference in rest and prep time it, it really is but yeah the performance was just poor you know, I'd go as far
2: as saying Brighton deserve to probably win that game. You know? But, so, sorry, Mikey. What I would say, though, is I agree with that. They've played 25, we've played 36. But we've got a better squad than Brighton. So if you think about man for man, their players have probably played more games than our players have minutes-wise because they can't really rotate their team because they haven't got squad depth. So they've probably played nearly nearly all 25 of those games. Whereas we've had people like Ziak who come in how can Ziyech be tired? He's barely played. Jorginho yeah. hadn't played for two games and he come in. He can't be tired either. He's He hasn't played for two games. Uh, the, the tiredness thing is something that I think managers jump on when the team aren't playing well.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. I mean, we only showed impetus in the attacking side between, well, when it was the 80th minute. And that's, that's, not, that's not good. That really, really isn't. Um, I wrote this and I'm, I'm sure I'll get some stick, but I just feel that Lukaku... Ziek, and Hudson-Odoi, and Alonso just don't deserve to start the next game against Spurs. They probably will. I mean, maybe not Ziek and Alonso, but oh actually, yeah, it probably will be Alonso, I guess. Is there anyone that stood out apart from Thiago Silva so far that you think deserves to get a place in the team against Spurs? Uh, that's no. I so, thought uh, so, um... Kepper probably
1: has to. Kepa actually made a really good save before they scored. I think that gets overlooked. He actually did make a really good save. Yeah. Um, I think Kovačić uh,
0: oh, yeah. looked
1: lively. Um, he should I be frustrated that.
0: the most for being left out against Brighton.
1: As well. The thing is like the, these players can't be annoyed that they're not getting game time because you look at someone like a Hudson Odoi. What did he do against Brighton? Nothing. He's awful against Brighton. He's such a frustrating player because he's got the pace, he's got the skill. Um, but he, doesn't, he, he looks scared to beat a man, and that's the most frustrating thing with him. look, um, he tries these balls, and he keeps trying, but very one-dimensional. he scored a good goal, good strike, but from that, I mean, he looked all right in glimpses against Brighton, but then went missing. Berner, Werner and Havertz, when they came on, looked all right. Lukaku didn't get any chances, so you can't really say he played awful. He, he had one chance, maybe. Um other than that, Jorginho looked leggy. Alonso looked leggy, as for the did. Thiago Silva's the only one, I think, that maybe deserves it. Other than that, the starting lineup against Brighton, I don't think we're, were good enough, really. I really don't think they were. Obviously, some of them are going to start, but you could argue that none of them really deserve, deserve
0: to after that performance. No, I think one player who I can't see playing for a while, just because I've just seen a tweet from eight minutes ago from Fabrizio Morano on Twitch... Uh, Andreas Christensen, because apparently he's not happy with our offer and he's in talks with Barca and Bayern. Well, we know what happened before, and especially with that situation, with the fact that he agreed and then he went back on it twice. Yeah, he's he's kind of uh, pissing me off a little bit, really, with his. It's like, yeah, you you kind of got your eyes elsewhere, and we need everyone focused on the task in hand. So, yeah, that that seems to be rumbling. Um, what do you think, Chris? On just everything so far, who do you think deserves to start against Spurs?
2: Well, I. I don't think, I don't think you could drop anyone and they could have a problem at the minute. I don't, I don't think Thiago Silva, Rudiger, Kepa, and then outside of that, it's take your pick. I, I don't think there's anyone outside of that who's in tremendous form. I thought Kovacic looked lively when he came on against Brighton, but he only got ten minutes. It's hard not to look lively in ten minutes, but he was awful against Man City the week before. So Kante doesn't look right. I don't know what's going on with him because. He doesn't look like he can get around the pitch. He's not winning tackles. He gave the ball away so many times against Brighton and he only won it back once. That's not Kante. So there's something obviously not right there. I don't know whether he's been rushed back or whether, I, I believe he had COVID, so I don't know whether that's affecting him still. Um, but I've got a question for you both. We've been saying for a long time about how poor our attackers are. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's down to them or a lack of coaching, because I think when you've got one attacker who is performing really badly, then normally it's down to them. But we've got like six who are all terrible. So is it the fact that we've signed so many bad players, or do you think they're not being coached properly, or the setup isn't allowing them to be as good as they could be?
1: The problem is, this isn't a um, one-off. Like This happens all the time at Chelsea going back to Shevchenko going back to Torres going back to Conte with Morata and, and players like that and but has been a, other, other than Hazard other than Hazard name any attackers that have been really 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 good for us Costa Co- okay Costa <laughs> okay, <laughs> He's but, been on my
0: mind this week so but
1: like, I mean like as in
0: well, Pedro, like, and Willian were,
1: Pedro and Willian were always quite inconsistent with their numbers Willian especially um and then Habert, the
2: um, you, could, the, yeah, uh,
1: you know, it's but you I know, don't think it's a coaching thing really, because
2: it's always been a problem. When we had when like Torres was, wasn't very good though, like Hazard, one matter, Oscar, they were still performing. So it wasn't the setup of the team.
1: Because yeah, the... but that season, that first season of the Marina when he came back, we didn't win that league because we didn't have clinical strata, we didn't have yeah, we weren't yeah. clinical enough up, up front. So it's I'm saying like it's I don't think it's necessarily a coaching thing because it happens so much at Chelsea and only at Chelsea it seems
2: yeah
0: mm. it's just... oh man I miss Diego Costa i miss Eden Hazard.
2: I was thinking about like Lukaku and Harry Kane like Harry Kane we know is a world class striker but you put him under Nuno and he was terrible and now Conte's come in Conte got the best out of Lukaku at Inter and now he's starting to get the best out of Harry Kane at Tottenham whereas we had Lukaku from Inter Milan and we've brought him in, and he's terrible. So I just don't think you become a bad player overnight. It's the same with Havertz Werner. These players was in tremendous form when we signed them. So what happened? They haven't become terrible players overnight, but they are performing so badly, so consistently now, that there must be something going on in terms of how the team is being set up. Not just under Tuchel, under Lampard, under Sarri. It was the same.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could, if, if you, I know people are going to go all oh, Tuckle. I mean, when he was in charge of Dortmund, 39 and 40 goal seasons from Abamiang. And then when he left and Peter Bosch took over, they sort of tanked and ended up with, like, I think Abamiang had his worst season at, like, something like 20 ish, something like that.
2: Yeah. So like, I know people are still talking now about Lukaku not fitting Tuckle's system. And there's, people have started saying that Tuckle didn't want him in the first place and blah, blah, blah. But if you look at it, Tuckle now at Chelsea has had Tammy Abraham, Olivier mm. Schu- Kai Havertz and Lukaku, four com- and Timo Werner, four completely, four or five completely different profiles of strikers, and he's failed to get anything from any of them. So, what sort of striker would he want us to sign if if the board said to him, "Find more we'll sell Lukaku, tell us who you want"? Who would he want? Who's going to work? Because he's had every type of striker you can get, and they've all failed. Well, yeah, it's he's
0: he's got a he's got a point. He really have. I mean, it is a rough patch and they do happen and hopefully we'll get through this, you know, and I hope come though, up with a way to get it fixed,
1: really. There's actually a young striker at Roma that's doing really well at the moment. Called Tammy oh, here Abraham. we go. <laughs> um, I think, you know, maybe maybe next year we'll have to buy him for maybe like 70, 80 million. You know, uh, yeah,
0: just... I can see it happening. I really can I mean, I still I, I will end it with. I do think it's insane that people are questioning Tucker's future halfway through his first full season. No,
1: you no, 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 no. You, you have to give him time. It, it'll yeah, be a joke it's, if it's a get Champions
0: League winning season in his first, when we look nowhere near that.
1: we've got into a final, and we've only lost three times this season yeah, in the league. It,
0: we, we have always one weird moment away from a crisis, and I think that it probably didn't help when certain players decide to have interviews irrelevant of when they were filmed. When that came out, it just caused that, oh, we have a crisis. It, it's it, that, it didn't matter if it was our club or, say, it was City or Arsenal or whatever. It would have caused the same repercussions. You'd be looking over and going, that club's in crisis. But, mm. yeah. Hopefully, we'll see something against Spurs. I mean, we've kind of had their number this season. So, what, what are you expecting from that? I mean, there's no point. We can't preview it too in-depth because nothing's been uh, spoken because there's no... I don't think there's been the press conferences yet, has there? Um, no. Um, I, didn't, I... I, didn't, I quickly Googled it yeah. and I didn't find anything. Tuckles was today at half one, oh, was it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, dear. What have I been... Well, very poor I've been. Very poor. I didn't even find
2: this. I've been at work all day. That's my excuse. Yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah, I went to tired. work just as it was starting. I oh. uh, haven't seen anything from it. I haven't seen anything from it. I'll pull the quotes up.
0: But what are you expecting from... From Well, from
1: the I'm hoping I'm for, for a better performance. Um, they'll be up for it to the London Derby and it's Spurs. Um, and they'll want something to prove, especially at home. I'm going to go 2-1. I am going
2: to go 2-1 to us. Uh, I, I think it'll be different to the to the Cup game. I think we've gave teams like Tottenham and Arsenal that belief now that they can actually catch us. Um, mm. I just can't see Conte getting it that wrong again. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with a draw, 1-1.
0: Right, I've got the quotes on Team News. He said that they have a time frame, but they won't make it public for reese James for returning. That is fair enough. They're not going to give his schedule out when he eats, you know, when he goes to sleep, decides to play a bit of uh Nintendo Switch. Not going to give any of that away. Um, but he's apparently back on the pitch, which is fantastic to hear. Uh, Trevor Chalaber's back in team training, but it's too early to play on Sunday. And that's it, same squad other than that. Uh, yeah, so. That's going to be it. And then he went on about the Tottenham game and how big it is. Uh, Lukaku. And then the Usman Dembele situation where he praised him and did the classic. You know, if there was something there, then that's not. Uh. Christensen coming back from COVID, that he's not with the team yet. They hope he's back in training next week. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. There's nothing too exciting. Oh, and someone asked a question about Antonio Rudiger's contract. And oh. course, said he's full of praise and there's no news if we talk about the if, if it happens. Of course, because... That's exactly how these press conferences go. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. So our best a prediction. Uh, i was go 1-0 and even I'm not confident, but hey, fingers crossed. Uh, before we sign off, we're going to find out what are they talking about. So at the start of the episode, the commentary line I read to you was, with enthusiasm this time, Oh, it's a terrific goal. Wonderful, wonderful goal. Absolutely breathtaking. And in the blink of an eye, back of the net, Petr Cech, Cech, never moved. So, guys, you seem to have got this straight away. So, what were yeah, you thinking? I'll tell
1: you what. I'll tell you what. I'll name you the commentator as well. All right, oh. It's Clive it's Tildesley and it's oh. Ronaldinho against Chelsea in the Champions League. The toe yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Well, were you agreeing with this one, Chris? Yeah,
2: that's what I thought as well.
0: Well, it was actually a training ground game. Uh, no, <laughs> no, it was. It was Ronaldinho's toe goal in the Champions League. Oh, it was cla- oh, To be fair, it was really nice to look that goal up again. <laughs> I know it was against us, but it's still... Uh, people say that's overrated. I don't think it's overrated. I think it's perfectly rated. It's a ridiculously good goal, and it's one of them where you thought, how did he do
1: that? What? The thing is, he made it look so easy, but no backlift. Toe poke for about 25 yards with and Carvalho, the best centre-backs in the world at the time, surrounding him.
2: Mm. Peter was
1: the best keeper in the world. None of them move. Just toe poke, at the top corner. Ridiculous.
0: He's Yeah, he's five years at Barcelona. Oh, I mean... I mean two of them he had like I think it was like over fifteen. I goals. don't run I you
1: know what, I'd, have I'd have run i have run Ronaldinho at Chelsea now. I don't care what he looks like or where he is. <laughs> I'll have him at Chelsea now.
0: Well, well he's forty one and he turns forty two yeah. in March. Uh silver is thirty seven. <laughs> so Well, since he's been re- what did he do since he's retired?
1: Uh, Why have I got I think that has been like in prison of some kind? I
2: don't even remember where it was. Was it he, on Paraguay? He got put in a prison for using a fake passport wasn't it?
0: Oh, oh, that sounds like a very good uh, sitcom film sitcom or a comedy film I mean, the man, a footballer, fake fake ID,
2: oh yes apparently he <laughs> was really good in their football team so, oh, I
0: thought you were going to say it was a really good fake ID and I was going to go, no it can't be <laughs> if it was <laughs> Questionable, I don't know yeah. why but I've
1: just got an image of Ronaldinho with like one of those fake glasses and like a little mustache just walking through customs
0: yeah <laughs> oh, fake oh my word I've pulled it to say while in prison he completed in a prison futsal tournament where his team won 11-2 he scored five of the goals and assisted six uh, oh, that's amazing give back. oh you wow. oh, probably would do, a
2: job.
0: Oh, he would do a job yeah oh wow yeah. Right, with that, we've we've come to the end of another episode of At The Bridge Pod, and as always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram if you do not already follow us by searching for at, at The Bridge Pod. The Instagram, it's buzzing, you know, give it a follow. We get news on there. It's it's good. Some of it isn't always on Twitter, so keep an eye on that. Uh, but then, till next week, that is going to be us signing off